not ruin this for me, Broccolo. You will oh, not no. ruin this for me. What, what did I do? I don't know. But <laughs> you, you won't ruin this for me. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. Hey. I am Nate. That's Hi, my Nate. co-host, Josh. I'm Josh. He's Josh. Yes. And he will not ruin this for me. Uh, I won't ruin it. I'm I'm not going to uncover any mysteries. I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but I've heard his nemesis is close by. Oh, you, you're 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 dangerous territory <laughs> in dangerous territory, my friend. Oh. Dangerous territory. Oh, okay. No, um, we're going to assume that you can read. So uh, on this episode, we had the opportunity earlier to sit down and record uh, a an episode with Colin Moriarty from Last Stand Media. Ah, um, uh, Moriarty. That that was his name. Yeah, that Dr. that was Moriarty. yeah, Doctor yeah. Moriarty. Yeah, I bet That's he would good. he would have loved you to be like, oh, like, it's I, I might be the villain. only person to have ever you know made that connection. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. He would say. I'm sure uh, that he. Yeah. Um, and you know, because of uh, the magic of technology and time manipulation, all that stuff, we're actually recording this after the. the normally, we just sort of sit down and record all of it in one fell swoop. We did not mm. do that this time. Uh, no. We we had a very sort of limited time window to sort of sit down and talk with him. So we made that happen, and now we're sort of now you're getting time. two swoops, two 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 swoops, which is. Two swoops of podcast, which is like almost as many swoops as Donald Trump has in his hair. Um, <laughs> he's got we the got swoop, swoops. He's got the swoop down, over, and then back. Um, got all the swoops. He's got he's got the the Uber swoop. Um, wow, it's. I don't know why that was, <laughs> that was a terrible bit. Um, man, I'm rubbing off on you. Dude, uh, the good thing we don't make any money with this thing because we would totally get demonetized for that. Uh, <laughs> we'd be labeled alt-right. I, I heard that Elon Literally. was going to buy Zencaster though. So that way- And, and it fix it? Get, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that too. I, I don't know. Actually, Zencaster is like one of the the only things like- Zencaster is actually- doesn't, It's actually really- pretty consistent and and reliable but oh man as I, mr moriarty himself will attest to later on in the podcast yeah yeah right. uh, we 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 found out we have something in common with him besides just playing video games we both record on zencaster and think it's pretty swell um but i mean and we didn't we didn't spill this but like the only reason we use zencaster is because paul basically looked at us and said why are you guys still doing this this stupid way just use Zencaster. So thank you, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, You're the Paul. man. You, you know what? He, you know what? He might get our shout out. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided. I, I know who's <laughs> not getting the shout out. Ah. Um, uh, but yeah. Um. Anyways, so has it has it been two weeks since we has it has it has it has been it two been? weeks? I don't know, dude. Uh, what, what was it, the time? It feels like no. I, it's been like three. Has it? Because we pushed it back. I can't read. No, no. It, it has been close to it's been two weeks. It's been. Okay. Because yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, man. See, like the thing is like, folks, like, and this is just, I know, Radio Gold. You're like, this is just the best podcasting in the world. And we, but anyways, Josh, you, you know what I'm getting at. It's I do. Been. I do. Oh, yeah. It's and been. 
Undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. Oh, I like it. Hey, it's been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, my friend. Way to just lean into that. Way to just like really lean into that. Um, so since we last recorded, what's good, man? Like what's what's happening with you, man? Oh, man. Uh, so the, the things that come to mind were uh, just with this past week, finished up my spring class, which is fantastic. One more to go, and it's only a single credit hour over the summer. So I'll be working with one of our professors on something. I don't even know. He'll reach out to me, and we'll figure it out next week. Um, but so so this week is fantastic because it's in between classes. Finish the last one. Th- yeah. This is from Moody, right? Yes. Okay, yes. cool, cool, cool. Moody cool. Bible Institute. I'll finally be a bachelor. I mean, I'll have my bachelor's, as as I've so lovingly said, my, my bachelor's of science in biblical studies. I'll have my BS and BS after all is said and done. So uh, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to the time. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. That I was like, man, I mean, I appreciate it, but... <laughs> It's like yes. something, something so noble, and you made a lowbrow. <laughs> I that's that's what I love about you, man. Uh-huh. As as a married man with three kids, I I will be a bachelor in BS. Yes, so mm. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so really looking forward to. I mean, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to finally be kind of at the end of this journey, um, but in and to to reclaim some of my time. Uh, yeah, hopefully I can use it wisely. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um. So that's going on, which which is really cool. And then this past weekend, well, th- just the other day was my daughter's birthday, Josephine. Uh, she turned five years old, and so all oh weekend we've gosh. kind of been celebrating. I know it's crazy. Um, so so we had a birthday party on Saturday, and because she kind of attends this preschool that Samantha works at, um, she invited her whole class. So we had a ton of kids and moms and a couple dads over here as well. Uh, on Saturday, so that was pretty crazy. Um, but it was fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just crazy. So, uh, yeah, there was that. And then Mother's Day on Sunday, and uh, I went to my parents' house along with the kids. Sam wasn't feeling too well. She wanted to rest, so she just stayed here by herself while I yo, took the kids. I mean, it's Mother's Day, so yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, yo, if mom wants to stay home by herself. Dad gonna make that happen. Exactly. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but also my sister had flown into town from California and uh, to surprise my mom for Mother's Day. And so she brought a gift for Josie also. And we kind of did a little mini celebration for her too. So it was like a lot of, of celebrating Josephine. She got roller skates from her aunt. Uh, so she's been having fun with that. Yeah, we're all kind of like, oh, I hope she doesn't hurt herself. <laughs> Yo, she's five years old. That that kind of reminds me, like, like with the extended, prolonged celebration kind of stuff. Like, um, one of Megan's friends, actually, uh, one of her good friends, doesn't just celebrate her birthday. It's mm-hmm. like her birthday week, and so actually, oh, no. because I was off on vacation, I said, you know what? It's my birthday week. so you know what like Josie you get it you get it girl (laughs) you get it like get that birthday yeah celebration on like you know yes happy birthday to Josie yeah yeah she's she's had a good one she's had a big O (laughs) five exactly exactly over the hill so yeah those, those are kind of the things that come to mind for me how about you since the undisclosed amount of time since the last time we talked 
Um, well, at this point in time, especially by the time this airs, it will have been public for a substantial amount of time. It's already been mm -hmm. public for like a week at this point. Megan and I have begun the process of adopting. Um, I'm not like, dude, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's also turbo scary. Like, uh, yeah, there's, sense. there's like a ton of stuff. Like, you know, we had basically, I'm, I'm going to just sort of like give the, the sort of quick and dirty here. Uh, some yeah. friends of ours from church reached out to us and said, we, we know about a young woman who is going to be having a baby. She wants to put it up for adoption. You know, she can't keep the baby, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Would you guys be interested? And so, and they were like, and we need, you, you need to let us know fairly quickly because of reasons. And I was like, okay. okay. I said, well, we have a couple of days. So Megan and I talked about it. And I said, like, listen, where I'm at is like, we will talk to her. Like we'll have a conversation with this young lady. We had a couple, like we talked to her uh, once and we were just like, okay, okay. And then sort of like she was like you know you know she reached out to us and she was like i want you guys to take like to have this kid like you know and it's wow. like we're sort of working out the she's like i think that you you can raise my baby um and like yeah and there's just like sort of a lot of such like stuff in there it's that, been uh, and we were like yeah, uh, that's okay intense. like and it's like okay well like will we need to have some conversations with lawyers and stuff like that and sort of see where this thing is going and then megan ended up talking to sort of like an entry level like like to just like to sort of it was like a meeting but it wasn't and and basically uh the one lady who works for the the the, the law firm was like well this is basically as far as we can go without charging you guys from and like we're willing to help you like it sounds like you know we can we can help you do this but to even start this thing it's going to cost four thousand dollars and that was the point where we're like okay like we had just wanted to sort of like low-key be able to sort of like see what we could do with this thing and if we yeah. needed money um and then we started like sort of asking questions and stuff like that and it was like well um, had some conversations with some friends and then it was like, well, if we're going to move on this thing, we might as well just sort of like, just throw it out there and see, see, see what people like, see how people respond. So we put mm -hmm. out a GoFundMe because that's like the easiest thing. And a lot of people have also yeah. sort of reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, we'd love to give you, we'd love to help you out, but we don't want to use GoFundMe for a variety of of reasons you know some some is like we don't like the fact that they take a cut some of it was like you know we don't like the fact that like they did the whole trucker thing where they like basically a bunch of people raised money to help the truckers up in canada and then gofundme was like nope we're not doing that like you know kind of stuff mm -hmm. and so there uh, but anyways like we were just like well this is like it, it was like sort of like the easiest option to start with and uh yeah. since then like all I'm going to say is like people have been very generous um, and we're, we're like a week into it and uh, you know, we're not going to say no if anybody else wants to help. I mean, um, cause there's just like, we, there's a ton of stuff to do. Like we got, yeah, we have yeah. like six months to get a home study, get the contracts drawn up. We have to cover her legal fees. Like technically we can be on the hook for okay. her legal fees, her medical fees um we, we have to get 
like basically the room a room ready for the baby um yeah and like there's like dude it's it's wild so um yeah so i'm gonna be super busy um yeah <laughs> you know that's yeah. that's pretty intense and it sounds like the decision had to be made pretty quickly too that's wow well yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> i think that the hardest part too about all of it right is like it's not guaranteed like this is the, the girl's pregnant yeah. the baby's yeah. due in december and a lot of things could happen and so like that's why we didn't want to talk to anybody like we didn't want to like ask anybody for any help or anything totally. because like what happens if like there's a miscarriage or you you know and it's like like there's four thousand dollars that we've already basically already spent just to get the process initiated yeah. so it's like anyways but yeah so it's just like we're 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 kind of like there's a whole lot of what ifs like guys like you know normally and maybe this is a bad thing but like you, you know if you're listening to this like absolutely covet your prayers like you know just for this baby for megan and i through the process for the baby's mom for all of it like it's it's wild um so yeah 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 <laughs> that is a lot well that and i'm old like and it's like that's always been my thing i was like dude i'm 41 and i yeah a lot i tell people that and they're like you don't look 41 and i'm like looks don't mean anything i feel <laughs> 1000 like, <laughs> i'm um, old gandalf I'm, I'm so old um yeah yeah i'm old gandalf yes exactly um but that's kind of that's 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 it that's like the big thing like everything yeah. else is just sort of like yeah. been like I, I went back to work and it's like just kind of like last week and i was like eh, okay like and then <laughs> i mean i did <laughs> I, I think i told you this so on that my hero trainer thing right yes yeah i finally got all my steps i got my 50 i got a 50 dollar card to you know, credit to Amazon. I was like, what kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. games can I buy with this? And I didn't buy any video games with it. I bought, <laughs> I bought a bunch of other stuff. I was like, oh, I need this stuff. So <laughs> I, some of it I didn't need, but it was like, yeah, anyways. So, but I wanted it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I want Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I can't justify spending money on this stuff. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, dude, like, and yeah, that's, that's it. Not too much. You know, that's like not too much. Just like life changing things. That's yeah, all. it's like <laughs> it's like a it's big energy. Like it just it, yeah, it really just is like it's pretty massive. Yeah, so. yeah, dude. Yeah, that's super exciting. When you told me, uh, I, yeah, it's that I'm i'm super stoked for you guys and i totally get what you're saying that there are lots of you know there's there's possibilities you know that it's not it's not a guaranteed thing um but at the same time i'm i'm excited for the possibility you know and and i i, I get you want to guard yourself against well and that's been like the the thing too dude and you and i even talked about this we have yeah. Being at the threshold of this so many yeah. times with the infertility yeah. stuff, like we took the fertility treatments. It was like every time it seemed like that might be working, we did the foster care stuff. Like, and yeah. it's just yeah. like, I mean, there's definitely that, like, yeah, like we don't want to get burned again. But I think right. too, too is like we just sort of like really kind of found peace with all of that. Yeah, and then this sort of yeah. gets dropped in our laps, and we're kind of like, 
Ooh. We ready to do this again? <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. definitely like a blessing and it's very cool, but it's also like, now you have here to, suit it. yeah, yeah. Like, here <laughs> we go. It's, I don't yeah. know. It's cool. It's very cool. Like, I don't, I don't want yeah. anybody to like it. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot there for sure. Yeah. Well, we're, we, we've got you guys in our prayers and uh, yeah, we'll continue it. for sure. So, uh, so yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I feel like that's uh, that's all we have to report on, right? Or oh no, no, act, no, no, no! Is there another report around here that we need to start reporting on? Uh, backlog reports, dude. Awesome that is that is beautiful. Yeah, a, I love it. This one was like okay. I don't awesome. know. I I have ideas and stuff that I still it's I need. A, I I have a note. I'm like I need to because I want to do the logo refresh at some point. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know. Anyways, love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. Well, I, I my my report is you know if you if you saw it it's it's the size of a of a receipt so it's pretty small. It actually looks uh, very much like a receipt. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. That uh, that that was a receipt. Anyway, um, I mean, no, that's my backlog report. So let me let me write let me read off my teleprompter here for uh, the backlog report and what I have to report on in the in my backlog. Thank you. Welcome to the backlog report. Um, so, uh, what have I been playing? Well, you probably already know, but Dragon Quest Eleven is what I've been playing. I've continued to play no. it. Um. I think at this point, I think I might be 40 hours. I know between 35 and 40 hours at this point. So, you know, it feels like I've been playing this for a long time. I, I, I feel like here for this podcast, I've been saying that this is the only game that I've been playing for a long time. So you'd think I would be farther in terms of time, but it's just like little spurts here and there. Um, hmm. And literally spurts because I'm usually on the elliptical when I'm playing it. So um, a nice little spurt of energy. Uh, so... Anyways, I, man, I did not think that I can, sorry, I'm, I'm trying not to, not to, not to overshoot it here. Okay. I really enjoyed this game since I started playing it. I've only been enjoying it more, the more that I play it. Um, because I've, I've gotten through the, the, this game has three acts, not, I'm not, I'm not, kind of spoiling it sorry um and that you get the credit roll at the end of act two and then there's post game which is act three and i've made it into act two um act one ends sort of abruptly but man there's some big stuff like it is very pivotal in the in the in the story like you know oh okay wow so now this is act two and uh, so far in Act Two, I am very surprised. There's there's some little interlude in between, um, which I've heard is only for the the special edition, the S, the Dragon Quest Eleven S version. Hmm. Um, and and those were nice little kind of not side stories, but but that play into it, little interlude stories that play in. Um, and th- then starting in on Act Two, I'm things get um, more serious if that makes sense where the first part feels more open open to like oh yeah okay we're on a nice little quest you know doing our thing and then on the 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 second act yeah stuff gets more real and uh i I, the things that they do with some of the character arcs too i'm like wow this this is really cool like it's taking a more serious tone 
and uh, mm. and I'm really enjoying some of the characters. Like one of the characters who joins you, I was like, oh, you get more characters at this point. I wow, um, that's really cool. So, anyways, I'm intentionally being vague because I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm saying is that I'm really enjoying it for different reasons than I mean, still similar because I really enjoy it so far. Um, uh, it may be premature to say this at this point, but I think this is going to be my favorite Dragon Quest. Um, I, 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 re- I enjoyed eight. Uh, I did really enjoy five as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 tough with five, but man, uh, nah. I mean, yeah. This it's it's really you know, good. five really has good. like that. Like five has a vibe. Like five is like yeah. You know, I was like thinking about like just we were. T- I was like, man, if they were to like take five and put that in that sort of that that Toriyama sort of three D engine thing, yeah. Oh, like that. Yeah, that'd be that, hands sick. down. I'd be like, yep, I'm in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was that's like, true. I've played this before. I will play it again. Let's um, do this. Yeah. No, like, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that's a good point. But this one is definitely, you know, based on uh, the, you know, my last bite size, this one is definitely in the higher tiers of Dragon Quest. This is, and this I is sort of like your S tier. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, right now, so, there. man. Mm. <laughs> okay, like, I was like, well, and when I get to my report, like, I've been playing something that I was like, ah, oh, I, I, I came back to, and now I'm like, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, Ooh, maybe I just need to put that back on the back burner again. <laughs> is it time? Is it time for this? Like, because I, yeah. I, I am kind of feeling like some RPG energy is like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah, dude, I still have like uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses and Xenoblade Chronicles Two and Neo: The World Ends with You, like staring at me from mm. my Switch after this. I'm just like, oh my gosh, why do I? Why do I love this genre so much? And why are they so long? And and I enjoy it, you know. I'm not like trying to. Uh, it's I'm good taking pro- my time. It's like it's like we call this a good problem to have. Yes, yes, it is. It is. I just just forever will have a backlog. So so really, that's all that I've been playing. But like I said, I've really been enjoying it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a top tier game. Um, so in terms of uh, books. Oh yeah, that was another thing that happened. Anyway, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. In terms of books, I talked last time about how I was listening to a book uh, called The Body. It was like a guide to users or something like that. Just kind of tongue in cheek there by Bill Bryson. I didn't finish that book, but I had to return it to the library. And um, he has another one that is uh, a brief history of everything. And, um, so I started listening to that one cause it was, it was just fun. The body one was just fun. It's, it's kind of not useless trivia, but it's just a lot of trivia. It's a lot of facts. Um, and, and this one starts out talking about, uh, the, the beginning of the world and how vast space is and, and everything there. And it is so, um, it's funny to me again, listening to this book that from a materialistic perspective like speaks about the glory of creation without having anyone to like praise because of it if Isn't that makes this sense giant you know? accident super neat exactly yes yes exactly mm-hmm. and like if things were this different you know or, or like a, a slight difference 
then none of this ever would have existed. And then, you know, some of the reason or some of the theories that, that they give is like, well, probably what's happened is there have been billions of big bangs. And this is the only one that's been able to actually like have life. Like, like that's the only chance. It's so, it's so in that like that arrogance, like, uh, like, listen, I'm like, if there's been billions of big bangs, who knows if they're having like, okay, let's just like play your scenario out. Who's, who's to say there hasn't been a sentient sort of existence and civilization, like some sort of sentient creature in that every time, like, 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 dude, like the arrogance, the astounding arrogance arrogance there to Uh be like no we're the only ones like no dummy like it's like neil degrasse tyson like well like you're just stardust dude and it's like right you don't take that seriously you are dirt bro you're dirt like yeah like but it's like but i'm self-important dirt anyway i'm not trying to bag on any of that stuff like materialism materialists make me crazy because I'm like, I don't get how you can be so comfortable with the sort of like there's so many anyway. Yeah. This Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All of that. Um and it's yeah, it's 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 just amazing to me. It like I it I am fully convinced that it takes more faith <laughs> to be an atheist. And I mean Romans talks about how we are suppressing the truth, mm-hmm. right? That God has revealed himself to all of mankind enough so that we can condemn ourselves basically <laughs> um and and it, truth that, about that whole agency agency and accountability man we were yeah. just talking about that hey. <laughs> or we will be talking about we will that. be yeah. talking about that yeah 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 um and and so yeah anyways it's it's funny but it is it is really interesting at the same time to hear all these things um and you know there are questions that because i'm I, like i'm not smart enough to know the answer to some of these things that they bring up, you know, like how can we see light years away and where does that, how does that light, you know, if, if because I am an old earth, excuse me, a, a young earth creationist. Um, like how do you make sense of some of these things? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, what I do know is that I, I believe that God has revealed himself in the scripture and that he doesn't lie, <laughs> you know? So like, that's kind of where I'm taking things. I just like, and, and I'm, we don't have to, spend a ton of time like my thing is yep. like i'm probably fall more into the young earth camp too but like mm-hmm. people want to act like th- there's there's a whole lot of unknowns like that yeah. uh, you and i have talked about this like and because god made adam like you know we believe that god made adam and he made him a fully grown mature that seems to be what the narrative implies is that mm-hmm. he made adam not as an infant but as a, an adult, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a mature man, right? Who's to say that God couldn't also make the earth mature? So like Adam mm-hmm. was one day yeah. old, but he might have had the, the, biolog- the biochemistry of a 30-year-old man. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? And so who's to say, again, that yeah, like he, uh, God speaks the universe into existence, and he says, "Well, you're going to be billions of years old in <laughs> accordance to like, even though you're a day old, you're a billion or what? You know what I'm saying? Like, we right. want to sort of act like these things must be, have to be at odds, uh-huh. and they don't. I'm I'm not saying, but we don't have to like. I think like the the scientific claims that 
like, well, it has to be this old because of, I was like, well, that's nonsensical. Like, dude, like, but it's like, God could say like, he could basically build a mature universe, so to speak, you know, and just be like, no, like, you know, it's like, well, it takes billions of years for the light to get here and this and that. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's again, you're talking about the author of creation, the dude who like the, the laws that we observe and mechanically sort of come to grips on, like he maintains those mm. like it doesn't ha- like, I, I don't, it, it shouldn't yeah. be nonsense, but like, I think that's the other thing is like, we just, and, and on both sides of this, this, we presume that somehow like we're going to get it and I'm not trying to be uh-huh. ugly. Uh-huh. It's like, it's, it's the, the finite wrestling with the infinite. And I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Because your brain is tiny and has limits and you're trying to comprehend <laughs> infinitude. It's right. like, right. You can yeah. conceptually kind of look at it for maybe a second. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. I yeah. get this. This is the one that just like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just like, dude, like, to me, I'm just like, eh, like, okay. <laughs> like people are like, it yes. has to be this. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. But like, cool, cool story. Like, well, yeah, and, and that's the other kind of funny thing is, is the assumption of uniformity throughout mm-hmm. the entire cosmos and throughout all of time. It's like, how do you, how do you logically come to that conclusion outside of pure pragmatism? Of that's the only thing that we can assume. We can't. We don't know otherwise. So we have to assume that. But it's like then, then that becomes fact, and it's yeah. It's, You're it's, also making assumptions about the way that time works, and as creatures that exist yeah. within time, I'm like, we don't like, dude. And it's like you know, the whole theory of relativity talks about like the speed, like when you're approaching the speed of light and things like that, like how uh-huh. that how gravity and time are sort of like seem to be like, I don't know. Like I have only like read a very little bit about this. Yeah. We, we make yeah. certain assumptions about how these things work mechanically that I'm like, I don't know if you can, because if like yeah. the theory of relativity does hold true and gravity and time are sort of like mixed. And so gravity fields can affect the flow of time. If that is how that works, then who's to say a gravity well couldn't age something like for what you know, the whole weird uh, Matthew McConaughey space thing. Uh, yes. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't know why I can't think of it. Either. I don't. I mean, I don't. One word. I don't think <laughs> it works that way. Right. But I'm also not one. That's not my field at all. Like, I think about other things that don't require, like, require physics or yeah. <laughs> any sort of math like yeah i, I do other yeah I, i'm just saying yeah, i'm not sure the interstellar had it all right either That's when it told you that if you love hard enough you can travel through time that was kind of a a weird thing there too i don't think that was based on hard science That's, anyways no um, dude <laughs> hard science fiction bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah sorry i'm not a big fan of that movie it was something um, it was beautiful, but it was something. Anyways, uh, so that's that's primarily like all I've been reading, and again, enjoying it, but like recognizing oh, like yeah. how different, how much of a different worldview I have, and how uh, it's just funny. Um, outside of that, man, I haven't really been watching 
anything at all. So it just, you know, the occasional episode of like, like I had said before, the shrink next door, uh, but still haven't finished that. So yeah, not really do much. That's, that's all I have to report on is all that I'm saying. Yeah. And that's why I wrote it on the back of a receipt. Yeah. That's, I, I write a book every time. Um, nice. No. So uh, as far as games go, right, with my backlog report, did end up wrapping up all the DLC for Neo 2. Uh-huh. Um, so that was cool. Um, dude, like that's a game that I, at some point in time, I'm going to get Deuce and Parker on the mics. I think it's going to be more of an extended bite size kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. A bigger, but we're going to talk a little bit about Neo so 2. So fun size. Like a fun size bite sized. Um, yeah. Um, I did pick up the Ascent. So I knocked like one of the points that I had. Um, sort of knocked down. I sort of knocked back off. You know, whatever. There you go. But then yeah. knocked back. Yeah, the the whole. Uh, no, I see. That's actually a really cool retro show. At some point, uh-huh. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's Colin and his brother Dagan. Uh huh. Like yeah, I I write. It's it's fun. Like they're yeah. Anyways, um. So Neo Two, the DLC, all of it's done. Um, it's, uh, and it was like, it was like, we were kind of like Deuce and I were both like, just like, eh, let's just try and kill this thing. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So we finally just put it down a ton of fun with the game. Um, but like, as soon as we were done with that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to uninstall. Uh, it's, it's time. Gotcha. So You're done, done. We're done with that. And done it's not to it. say I might not come back to it, but, but like, honestly, I'm just kind of like done with it for now. Uh, I did a little bit on Link's Awakening. Nothing worth like. Nice. Notice. I uh, briefly fired up the Nonary Collection again, but again, no oh, real, yeah. no real progress on that. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh. I like that one. Um, but then uh, we, as far as a co-op game goes, and it's sort of started playing the Division Two. Uh, there's some DLC called the Warlords of New York that. I had picked up a lot like years ago and just, you know, when we finally, and so Deuce and Parker and I are all playing the division two right now. Um, and we did actually roll. We, we, you know, I popped, I did the, I beat the objective on that log that on GG. Um, so, you know, the points I'm anyways. So all that being said, I uninstalled Neo too. And I was like, well, I kind of, I want to play, I want, I want to like look at sort of like a a game for Nate to just sort of drill down on. And so I had been Mm -hmm. really into Returnal before Neo 2 and I, I was actually playing that and it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's, I do, that game is so good. And, but then you're talking about Dragon Quest 11 and I think, oh, I just don't. And it's what like, will Nate's game be? Huh? Yeah. And it's kind of like, we're playing the division two right now. So there's, I'm already soon sort of doing the run and gun and it doesn't have the same sort of like challenge or progression or whatever. It doesn't have that same hook, but I'm like, it's kind of scratching a similar enough itch that I'm like, ah, I could probably put this down for now. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, so that's all as far as any other sort of content and um dude but yeah returnal is so good like i'm I'm just kind of like but yeah 
just when you think you've let go, you have to continue. Pulls you back in. Oh, dude. You returnal to it. You returnal to it. Like, yeah, that name is so dumb, but it it's actually, <laughs> it's the eternal return. Um, <laughs> but as far as like books or other media go, uh, I'm still watching Dororo on Amazon Prime. It, it's pretty cool. I, I don't know. It's like, I'm vibing uh, with it. Like, I'm watching some other stuff too. Uh, Netflix. Uh, so there's a comic book series that I was kind of a fan of, not a major fan of, but like I enjoyed uh, called Yusagi Ojimbo, which is it's uh, Stan Sakai uh, writes and illustrates it. Uh, Yusagi Ojimbo is a samurai rabbit. Uh, some people might know him nice. from he showed up on uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series. Um, and there have been some uh, TMNT crossovers with Yusagi Ojimbo. Right. So. This is like, Yusagi Ojimbo has been around for a while. Uh, anyways, Netflix is doing a series called Yusagi Ojimbo. And it's- Gotcha. Uh, it is tied to the comic book, but it's also not the comic book. And so I was okay. a little disappointed because I thought like, oh, this would be really cool source material. And they're not quite doing that. It's a very much like a kid show, but it's fun. Okay. Like, so I'm like on episode six or seven and I'm like, yeah, it's just like, it's pretty light fair. And it's like, it, it's very much like, it's about one of Usagi's uh, descendants, like his great, 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 great grandson or something like that. It, okay. And so it's like, great. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry, but no, you're not. Like I'm just <laughs> that was a great pun. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Son. <laughs> actually, okay, okay. If I can, if I can uh, uh, slide mm -hmm. in here. Speaking of sons, is actually I probably should have mentioned this. Uh, so Easter, my son um, got. We did the Easter egg hunts. Mm -hmm. Did it at my parents' house as well. And uh, so that we didn't all, we weren't inundated with candy. They filled them up with um, my my brother too, has a bunch of like tiny toys. Okay. Like that, action figures and things like that. One of the, the toys that my son had gotten that he really enjoyed is a little action figure. It does not transform, but it is of the original Megatron like the gun Megatron okay. from the original cartoon. And he he was asking me, like, what is this from? Like, what is this character from? So I was like, oh, it's from this show called Transformers. It actually, he actually turns into it. Let me show you. So I went and searched on the internet and on Tubi TV, which is a free app. It's just ad supported. Um, you can actually watch the original Transformers cartoon. And so now Ollie is totally into the original Yo, Transformers cartoon. Let's exactly. was, go. Yes, that was let's my reaction as I was like, go. Dude, he, like, he yeah. I love Ultraman. So. And I think it's super cool that Ollie's in the Ultraman. But like uh -huh. I love the Transformers. Like yeah. Yeah. growing up, Transformers, He-Man, Thundercats. G.I. Joe was in there too. But like uh -huh. it was like that was like the Transformers are like the best, dude. Yeah. The best. You cannot show him that movie anytime soon. I, he cannot. He cannot have his heart broken that way, man. He cannot. Yeah. What the one thing that? Oh, that's that's right. That's what it was. Um, I I've I've got a little story. Maybe I'll edit this out for the for the the normal uh, feed. But uh, I was at I was at a friend's feeds. house. 
Yes. I was at a friend's house and we, we watched it and I must've been, you know, 13, 14, something like that. And it was a friend from church. We were staying the night at his dad's house. His parents were divorced. So his dad lived a little farther, but we stayed the night over there and we rented the Transformers movie. And uh, there's a part where, where like the planet explodes and one of the good guys, he says, Oh, shit. and, and his dad <laughs> looked at us, looked at the TV, looked at us and said, I like this movie. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I mean, let's be hilarious. honest. If your planet explodes <laughs> and you don't say that, something's <laughs> wrong with you. Yes. It's just the context of, of seeing that in a kid's movie, you know, like, like Transformers, like this was not. Yo, but at that point know, in time towards. too, man, like, I think like it had been out enough years that like, yeah, like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was but, just hilarious. But yeah, uh, for no. Because I'm, I'm just like, oh no, like, are we in trouble? You know, like, did we watch the wrong movie? And, and. He just thought it was so funny. Nah, so, anyways, sorry. Uh, yeah, so he's into Transformers, and I, that's that. Like, yeah, I'm stoked. Um, he got Megatron, and my daughter got Starscream. Okay, and so Yo, both bad guys, but, but no Autobots, no Optimus, no Bumblebee. Like, man, they didn't. They might have been other ones that my nieces and nephews had gotten mm. at the Easter egg hunt, but those were the only two that they got. So. Mm. But man. still, warms my heart. Dude, yeah, let's go, man. Let's freaking go. 80s cartoons are like the thing that's like, I know they're trash, but I love them. Like, eh, yeah, I mean, like. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's they're just wholesome. like. Yeah, they're wholesome. But it's like the animation is like kind of like, eh. The, yeah. the script is usually pretty like, but it's like, nah, I'll sit and like, yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll watch all of them. Like, yes. Yeah. 2B TV, man. They're all there. T-U-B-I. That gives me a reason if you want to check that check out. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, as far as books go, I haven't listened to anything. Um, I okay. did, like, I've been meaning to, and, and we could maybe talk about this in the bro hang a little bit, but, like, the first Peter book, I did crack that open a little bit okay. today. I want to be consistent with that. Like, uh, if you guys hadn't noticed like we had like a couple weeks where we was like yeah really struggling to sort of maintain a cadence we're trying to like i think the whole well yeah the whole thing is like we wanted to sort of be a drop-in drop-out format where there can be some maybe helpful conversations but nobody's obligated but you also want to sort of be consistent in that and so Mm -hmm. yeah finding some it's just like the finding a balance there is kind of like tough but gotcha uh, but yeah, other than that, like, dude, nothing, uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I did, uh, beat the, the Neo two DLC. I did pick up the ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then mm-hmm. I also roll credits on the warlords of New York. So my beatdown score is at negative four. And speaking of the backlog, beatdown, nice. GG is the official app of the backlog beatdown, right? Uh-huh. Um, Charles is, that's our buddy. We like what he does. We like that app. Um, you know. And we actually, he, he, he gave us his blessing that it can be the, like, we were like, Hey, Charles, can this be the official app of the backlog beatdown? And he was like, sure. So cool dude. He said, I was going to ask you guys that. I mean, you can go listen to the episode. I mean, yeah. Was, yeah. We actually so did an interview with him and everything. And he was just like, he, he was speechless. He was just yeah. gobsmacked. Um, yeah. but 
Uh, like I said, uh, letter GG is basically a letterboxed app for your game collection. Uh, you can write reviews, you can rate them, you can sort of create custom lists, you can track, you can add friends and track what they're playing. There's sort of a feed that populates with sort of all the, the new hotness. There's a ton of really cool features on it. Charles is constantly sort of like chipping away and refining it. And it's a really, really cool thing. Uh, we, we like it. We think you should check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great app and we think you should be using it. Other things that we think you might want to at least think about, right? So hopefully, if you're still listening at this point in time, you like this podcast, right? Um, and if you've shared and cared, like you've told people about it, you've you've sort of, you've rated it, you've reviewed it on whatever your podcatcher of choice is, you know, and you want to go a little bit further, we do have a Patreon, right? Uh, and it's mm -hmm. really just a tip jar. We don't have tiers. We don't have anything like that. But some of what that do does is helps us to sort of cover some of the costs of this. But it also gives us the opportunity to grow. Like we're, we're you know, looking at different ways that we can sort of utilize those resources well. Uh, we bought new cameras, uh, mics, like things like that have all come out of basically some of that funding. Uh, and we want to yeah. do giveaways and stuff like that too as well. We still... There's a giveaway that we've been talking about doing and we still haven't done, but we'll, we'll get there. We're, It'll happen. We'll, yes. we'll get there. Um, but yeah, just want you guys to maybe think about that. And like I said, it's not a big deal. It's a tip jar, but there are some perks like uh, like the interview that we have with Colin. You'll get like our patrons already have access to that audio. Um, <gasps> un, unedited, uncut. Um early access. Yeah. The patrons actually have more access to us. Patrons actually, you know, Josh, you mentioned Dragon Quest 11 that was actually mm -hmm. nominated for us to play by our patrons. So they actually, yeah. patrons actually have power to like power, you know, in quotes there. Um, but they, they can nominate games for us to play and sort of, we tend to pay a little bit more attention to that. Um, versus just some rando coming up and saying, you should play this. It's like, well, mm -hmm. you don't pay mm -hmm. me, so I'm not going to listen to you. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, like I said, if you've done everything else um, and, and you're sort of interested in maybe getting some access to some of that stuff, yeah, it's it's a, you know, it's a buck to buy in. Um, actually, you know what? I think we just picked up, I think we just picked up. Yeah, Adam Rook, uh, we will have to <laughs> add you to the Discord channel. And the Facebook channel oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, snip snap. But yeah. So thank you, Adam, for joining the patron. Uh, Adam, you're the man. You're, you're the man, Adam. Welcome to the bro chacho den thing. Um, I will do that post this recording. So, ooh. Uh, but other things that we think you guys might like and want to sell you on. Not really sell you on, but uh, we think you should check out. Last, lastly, uh, we are members of the Playwell Network. Uh, that includes podcasts from our friend Paul Lytle, aka the artist currently known as the Techno Funk Boy, and also Wesley Ray, the Henshin Dad himself. Um, we love those guys. We like the content they create, and we think that you'll probably enjoy it too. Um, and with all that being said, here's a word from one of them. I am to understand that you have summoned me. I, I did, the boy said excitedly. I can't believe it worked. It has worked, and I have come. Will you invite me in? The smile on Fortosio's lips 
was wide then, and if Wasson had been paying attention, he might have noticed the unusual length of Fortosio's eye teeth. But Wasson was too excited to notice. I would like to invite you on an adventure through my perilous realms. On Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms, I am serializing my audiobooks with an episode every week. We will go one book at a time through fantastic worlds and dangerous quests, all from the relative safety of your podcast app. To take up one of these journeys, check out Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms on your podcast app. That's Paul Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, or search for Perilous Realms. Hey, everybody. Uh, so... I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words, which is usually not doesn't happen to me. But uh, perfect for a podcast, you know. Perfect, that's just how we perfect radio gold here. Um, but with us today is none other than the the man himself, Colin Moriarty. Uh, you know, just Colin. Uh, you, what? how did that you, happen? I, I don't, well, he, he was very kind and he responded to an email and then, you know, there's a, there's a oh. whole bunch of bureaucracy or lack of bureaucracy that got bureaucracy. away there. <laughs> but, um, Hey dude. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, dude, welcome to the backlog breakdown, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it guys. Uh, good to be here. It's cool that you guys use Zencaster cause we use Zencaster and I'm surprised oh. by how few people use Zencaster since it's mm. definitely the best way to record podcasts. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that low latency. It's That's why I was actually a little late was because I was trying to, I clicked on the link and you guys have probably experienced this when you're logged into Zencaster, then you try to go to another person's Zencaster. You have to mm. log in to log out. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was doing. Anyway, good to be here. Well, yeah. Very, very fun. We, we used to do just zoom calls and the, because it would, can, it could combine the video as well. And, uh, yeah, when we moved to Zencaster, it's like, Oh, Hey, quality, this is yep. nice. Yeah. The quality is <laughs> high and we, and we want everything separate. So it's, yes. uh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, our, our listeners don't really need any, um, most of them probably know you, but could you give us sort of the, the Colin Moriarty snapshot, just like if, if you had to, Colin if you had to Moriarty. pitch yourself. And you don't, but if you had to pitch yourself, like give us like the, the five minute, like this is who Colin Moriarty is. Sure. Yeah. I haven't truly pitched myself in many years, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Colin Moriarty. I'm 37. Uh, I was born and raised on Long Island, New York. Um, I went to college in Boston at Northeastern and I worked at IGN as a freelancer and editor for uh, 12 years. Um, nice. five of those years as a freelancer and an intern, actually, I was an intern twice as well. And I saw IGN's hiring interns, which I, as far as I know, is the first time since I was an intern that they're even doing that. Whoa. Um, and, uh, because it's like, there's a lot of legalities with it. People always ask me like, can I be your intern? And I'm like, it's really not as easy as you think, unfortunately, because I would love to do stuff like that, uh, pay it forward. Um, I wrote strategy guides primarily. I wrote on game facts when I was a kid. And that's how I got found by IGN. So I wrote a bunch of classic guides that are still up now. I still go read them sometimes. It's funny. I sound exactly the same when I write now. So I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing. Um, as when I was 15 years old, I, ha I had a vo the same exact voice then. So it's, it's fun to go back and read those things. And for IGN, <laughs> I wrote been... 94 strategy guides. Um, that's how I got my start as a freelancer. And then full time, I was doing that. Um, and then uh, I became well known probably 15 years ago, beginning with, for my PlayStation coverage specifically. I was uh, an early member of Podcast Beyond, which still goes today. That's IGN's PlayStation podcast, and became senior editor of IGN and in charge of their PlayStation coverage. Um, 
And that was, I think, at a time when people considered IGN's PlayStation coverage. Actually, IGN's PlayStation coverage was so much better than other parts of the site that we were actively hiring people to try to combat it. Um, that's where people like Rich George came from and uh, who did IGN Nintendo and Ryan McCaffrey, who's still at IGN. I mean, that's where he came from to try to bring that balance. And I think they successfully did because the PlayStation coverage was just so, so, I don't know, powerfully strong, I guess, with its voice there. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, what else? And then uh, founded, co-founded Kind of Funny in 2000. Kind of Funny was technically founded as a company in like 2012 or 2013, but we left uh, to do it full time in the beginning of 2015. I did that for two years and two months or so. And then I left to do what I'm doing now, which is Colin's Last Stand and then Last Stand Media. And uh, we do a podcast called Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. I do another podcast called Knockback. And uh, yeah, so that's basically it. I'm just a video game person and uh, just just hanging out. I haven't had a real job in my entire adult life, really. So. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, man. Uh, you, you say that, but uh, even as sort of amateur podcasters, there, there's a ton of work that like we have to do a, as a hobby. And then for you to like, you have a th this company, dude. And and congratulations again on uh, Sacred Symbols 200. Uh, I listened to it. I couldn't make it. Uh, just. You know, unfortunately, uh, lots of reasons, but it, it sounded like it was a ton of fun. And listening to the debriefing too was was kind of cool, like this sort of the behind the scenes. And again, uh, you know, I said this before we started recording, but uh, my condolences to Chris. And again, you're right; it absolutely probably added to the humor. But man, to yeah, after the fact that that I mean, I'm, at the time it was funny, but I mean, at knowing he felt that way, it brings me a certain kind of humor. Knowing you know, <laughs> knowing Chris, it brings me a little bit of pleasure actually. So. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, 200 was great. We're going to do another live show later this year, I think. And um, Nice. So uh, we it's fun. It's it's good for our business. You can make good money if you do it right. We didn't make an enormous amount of money, but we were trying to learn things and figure it out. And yeah, you just don't realize like how, how certain things work, like event insurance, like how much that we're like, oh, yeah, we're riding pretty comfortably in the black. And then it's like, well, you got to insure your event, you know, and it's like, oh, OK, and so, <laughs> well, that, well, you know, it's like, you know, like thousands of dollars. And I'm like, oh, OK, oh. so. Um, so we learn and we figure things out, but the business is primarily fan funded, although it's becoming less and less fan funded because we're doing better and better with ads and other, um, other forms of revenue, but we are still the most fan funded games, media podcast, um, like network in the history of the internet. So, um, yeah. so we're, we're very grateful for that as well. And yeah, it is work. I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like it's not work. It's just, it's very fortuitous work because, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure, you, or I presume you guys have had the same experiences. Maybe you still do, but, um, I worked bad jobs, like, and I know what it's like to, I worked at a deli and I worked at, you know, did landscaping and groundskeeping and picked up garbage and rake. One of my jobs at Northeastern, when I went there, when I worked at the landscaping crew, there was, I'd go through huge snow piles. It's in Boston and just pick garbage out of them because mm -hmm. as they'd melt, you know, they would just yep. like, uh, all the shit that was taken up by the so like that's like the kind of shit I did and i don't i appreciate that kind of stuff i'm blue collar to the core i feel like even though i went to college and all that i, I feel like i have those roots my dad was a new york city firefighter um but nice to, to me i um to me i just i'm grateful to be in this space and when when people like complain and you know act like it's just this most the most difficult thing in the world I'm like yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of hours but it's like man these hours could be spent in the coal mine or something so 
I just yeah. try to keep it well, I mean, I live, so I, I live in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour outside of Butler. So I'm, I'm a Western Pennsylvania guy as well. And we actually still have active coal mines in Johnstown. Like I know dudes who Whoa. are miners. I work for the post office and I, I'm actually sort of like love my job as a letter carrier. But yeah, uh, I think that's one of the things I, uh, that I really like about your show and just you in general is that you have a really healthy respect for like blue collar labor sort of intensive like you have a lot of respect for those consumers and and those those listeners yeah they, i i try yeah i try I, I well let me be clear like the stupidest people i ever met in my entire life was at northeastern university <laughs> so well and i don't and i don't mean i mean I'm, I'm thrilled to have gone there it's a great school and all that but the point is is that like some of the dumbest motherfuckers i ever knew were, were were went there or taught there or worked there or were around it and um some of the best people I knew were like, and smartest people and most canny people I knew were like the landscapers I worked with yeah, um, at that time or whatever. And I just, I don't know. I just always, I feel like people kind of forget about that when they're complaining, like, embargo's late. You know, the embargo yeah. the game, and I got to play a video game. And it's like, do you realize like this dude's got to like get up at five in the morning and like put on his fucking overalls and get in his F-150 and fill it up with $5 a gallon <laughs> gas and drive to his 12 hour shift at the oil platform. And she's like, shut up. Yeah. And that's like, where I, and I know that because my dad would do 72 and, and 96 hour tours. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't see mm-hmm. him for fucking days and days at a time. I mean, yep. that's the way it goes, yeah. man. So yeah, I try to, I try to, when I think about the show, I do it for the letter carrier, right? I like do it yeah. in my heart for like the person delivering packages or the person doing the, you know, mowing the lawn or sweeping the floor. Like Mm -hmm. it's for everyone, but it's kind of more for you. Dude. Well, and I was just going to say, like, I, I catch that. Like, it just seems like you do sort of have that, like, you're like, this is, this is for the, the, you have a tremendous amount of like sort of gratitude for your position because you know where, like, you know that you kind of have the, the job that everybody else wants. Like, and and I think that's also something special in the the realms of just video games in general. Um, I, I think we do get a lot of like elitism because it's primarily a luxury, you know, video games for most people are, are because it's recreational, like it's not something that anyone needs per se. It's something sure. that you enjoy doing with free time for the most part. Um, so, so you get kind of, it it is weird how, how it becomes this thing where, um, you know, you were talking about embargoes, how it becomes kind of a, um, uh, you get this entitlement in video games in general, and you you kind of have to pull yourself back down to earth that like, no, you know what, this is, this really is just a form of recreation, you know, and, and for you, I know it's, it's also closely tied to what you do for work, obviously. Um, so that's an, that's an interesting dynamic there. Um, and, and we really appreciate that too, because our podcast, we like to, to talk about, um, the way that, uh, video games uh, interact with the rest of our lives, because, um, because it is a form of recreation, uh, 
we don't want to go overboard, right? You know, obviously, you know, the stereotypes of gamers and uh, the neckbeards in their base, in their mom's basement, that, that kind of idea. And we want to encourage that. Yes, this is a good thing. Yes, we very much enjoy it as our primary hobby and form of recreation. Um, but also it's not our entire lives <laughs> that, that we should also be responsible people as well. Um, so we really appreciate that, uh, that you have that sort of mindset too, that it is kind of uncommon in the space. Thanks. Yeah. I just try to, um, I try to just take seriously that I get, listen, I, let me back up and say on Patreon yeah. or elsewhere, I get messages about everything you can possibly imagine right mm-hmm. like personal deep messages in fact sadly i'll say i'll say this because we, we did what we could it's like i got a message from a dude on patreon last month basically saying it was his suicide note right oh, no Oof. and i like got in touch with people at patreon and, and they they have like a protocol for all that try to figure things out we can only do so much right we don't want to yeah. Yeah. We don't want to like inject ourselves into a person's life so much. But when you get something like that, it's like, okay. So like everything from the gamut running from that to like I, my girlfriend broke up to like, I want to propose to my wife. Can you help participate in it or something like in some way, like all sorts of weird things. Right. And some of these dialogue, the dialogues I have with people, cause I answer every message I get as is famously known on Patreon. Whoa. Every single person that sends me a message, I answer it back myself. And some of this shit goes on forever about things that have nothing to do with games. And what you realize is, uh, well, a few things. Sometimes I think people are just looking for people to like talk to or relate to. And I can get that too. I know a lot of people and I talk to a lot of people, but there are people I can't talk to anything in my life yeah. about, you know, no matter who they are. And I think like it's fun to be taken seriously enough by people or like have that that respect from the audience where they're like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to this dude about this thing just because he seems like maybe you would have some good insight. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I, I, so I try to take that responsi- that responsibly like and it goes back to being big in games or whatever and doing well in games like gaming has been very kind to me right like it's it's something i'm willing to earn i call it a lifestyle <laughs> like what i do because it's just you absorb games differently you're dealing with games differently all of that but at the end of the day mm-hmm. there's it's it's you're right it's all those things that surround gaming that i find and everyone's lives that i find so interesting so when a person's like reaching out being like asking for a financial advice or something like you know like I'm like, I don't know if I should be giving you this advice. I mean, but I can, I can tell you what I would do, you know, or I can put you in, the, in the, send you in the right direction. And I, I suspect that a lot of creators don't have those kinds of interactions with their audience. And um, I'm, I'm willing to put that extra work in and also that extra trust because I just feel like I should earn it. Like I do very well for myself. I want to earn it. You know, like this is me, yeah. my, this has totally changed my life. It's like a revolutionary, you know, the last few years, especially have been like, revolutionary in terms of just i don't worry about the shit to worry about anymore and so yeah. like let me earn it and that's fun and that's cool i don't want to just sit in some ivory tower mm. that, that's not fun to me so well and and just a couple thoughts here yes uh, the, actually the entire reason you even came on the show is because i reached out to you with that you know you had a uh, pater from uh uh, Christian gaming or geek central on geek, yeah Greek Christian geek central yeah I mean, and it, you made the the Calvinist comment and like any good Calvinist I said well actually um you know we're 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 more of a, a compatibilist sort of soft determinist sort of thing but then you, you know and and I've just like I've sent you a couple other messages and you've always responded you've always been very kind and I've just like again that you have a sort of a, an approachability and accessibility and I think even sort of the fact that you take your position, 
even though you know it's sort of like a luxury and like like you again gaming has been very good to you right and you take that seriously and you take like these people reaching out to you seriously and that's i mean i think low low key it's not like you're up on it just but you you sort of even with the audience like you sort of do stress these things where you're like like you know, you, you mentioned the fact that like most consumers don't have $500 in their savings account to deal with an emergency. And like, you, you kind of, you don't come out. I, I don't think you have, you've ever just swung hard and been like, listen, you don't have $500 to like, you know, in case something goes wrong, maybe like pump the brakes on like getting caught up in the hype train, like learn to budget. Like you, you're, you're very like approachable in that. And you take these things very Serious again, like you want people to have good lives. I've noticed that even with like uh, just a, a bit of like reaching out uh, to to Maddie and Cog at one point in time because they uh, like I'm a letter carrier. I walk 13 miles a day. Right, my body takes a beating, and I'm 41, and I was prior service in the army before this. You, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, but they they talked about like the, the inflammation in the joints and they were like glucosamine turmeric uh and you know fish oil i started taking it and it changed everything like you talk about how you work out like you seem to like you've even talked in the past like i remember when you were out in california and you started getting therapy it, like you were very open said like on one of the pot like i've started seeing a therapist like you sort of low-key like look to the audience and say like, it is okay to like try and get your life together. Like it is like, there are these disciplines that you can engage in to have a higher quality of life. And you take that seriously. You take that. And I mean, like, and again, it's, I don't ever hear you like swinging the hammer or like beating on people to like, you know, grow up or anything, but like you do like there's, I remember in fireside chats, you had a dude on and you guys talked about like the idea that freedom and money are sort of like, you know, earning and saving money and being smart with your money actually enables you to be more free with yes. your life. I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, I love finance and it, it's something I've always liked. And hmm. I try with that specifically, I try to be earnest with the audience. Like I, I, t I used to do it a kind of funny too. I tell the audience, I'm like, don't subscribe to this show. If like you're, you know, people are like, I got to go. I got, you know, we get exit surveys on Patreon and they're anonymous. I wish they weren't because sometimes I want to reach out to people and be like, oh, it's okay or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of it's apologies and things of this nature being like, you know, I lost my job or I can't afford it anymore. And I'm like, you shouldn't be anywhere near here if the $5 you're giving to this show is your last $5. And I try to be honest, I don't yeah. want that. I don't want this ill-begotten money and shit like that. It, and I feel like it's especially important because what you guys were saying in games, them not being, it's not food and shelter and clothing and all this. Uh, the necessities. And so I know mm -hmm. people listen to the show and they get hyped about things. Like I listen to a lot of NFL podcasts and man, I can't, I like want to run through a wall. I can't wait for September, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and I get yeah. that people listen to our stuff and do that too, but it's like, this is a, a financial burden for a lot of people. And I just want to be clear with people like you, you shouldn't be buying video games. If you have $500 or less in your bank account, you shouldn't be buying fucking anything except for the bare necessities. But you're right. Like you can't, come down with a hammer on that on people like that and i think the reason that i i'm like that is because i remember having nothing and um i had literally nothing it's not that i came from nothing i came from a very good household and all of that but when i went out into the adult world and i had to start paying my student loans back and i was making forty thousand dollars a year in san francisco i lived with like five people i was broke Oof. and as i've said many times i started crying at my desk at ign when i got my first student loan thing after six months of you know you get the deferment for six months yeah. after you graduate i like i'm like there's no way i can't afford this you know like i can't i can't afford this at all and i became obsessed with just like 
socking money away and saving, 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 and sacrificing and sacrificing and always living below my means. And I still live below my means to this day, you know, in this house, in this neighborhood, in all of these things like this is like, that's comfortable for me. And mm-hmm. that's who I am. That's what I want. I don't, yeah, you know, we always say the saying on Long Island to the, to the effect of like, you know, about how it's, it's unsavory for people to wear their money or know how much people have or this or that or the other thing. Like no matter where I'm at in life, high or down up or low up or down these things all happen to everyone i want to be the same person and the same person with the same advice and the same opinions and and all of the rest and um i just realized that i want to push people like you said sometimes to be like you you your agency is actually the way you'll change your own life like and i often tell people things publicly i used to i mean when i launched collins last stand i said that I was launching it, I think 10 days after I announced it to force myself to do it. Right. Like, cause I'm like, well now, nice. now you can't do it now. What are you going to do? And, um, so I try to just tell people like there's luck and timing and all these intangibles you can't control. Mm-hmm. You might fail. Um, you might not be very talented at what you're trying to do any of those things, but actually the only thing that you can control is um, yourself. So you, you should at least leave it all out on the field. And if people can take that, like, component of our which is not really vital to the subject matter but still important to me away from the show i think that's great like i would much rather people walk away from the show taking some life lesson like don't take out student loans if you can't like you don't know what you're getting yourself into (laughs) don't take out student loans don't you don't have to go to college you know don't just go to college because people are telling you to go to college don't do it you know think about what you want to do you can move from where you're from you know, you can yeah. do whatever you want, but you have to, it has to start from you. And yeah, when I started going, I actually started seeing a psychiatrist in 2000, I guess that was 2018. It changed my life, man. You know, like mm. I was in horrible shape when I was in LA, you know? So I'm grateful to like be able to track that with people. And, and so maybe they can see the feedback too. But anyway, I'm going on and on. I'm sorry. No, dude, no. it's it's really cool. I mean, you, you, you're talking like, these are things that we talk about all the time, like sacrifice. Like you have to, sometimes you just have to give up the things that you want right now to be a little more long-term minded. You know, you know, it's like, sometimes you have to do that, that, that fearless self-evaluation and say like, there are problems here that I need to address. And like, ultimately like that the individual is responsible for themselves. Like that, you know, Yes. Like, obviously, like, you know, like, because we're Christians, right? And so like the, the primary is love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength, but then love thy neighbor as thyself. So like, we want to be like loving and serving the people around us. Right. But at the same time, there was a, a, a like sort of almost an, an enablement sometimes where it's like, you know, you have to look at people and say like, Hey, you have to take a step here. Like you need to like, you need to invest, like you need to like step in too. It's, it can't just be like, just to give you some broader context, I'm actually a deacon in the Presbyterian Church of America, and we oversee like mercy ministry. So if somebody has a need in our church or in our community, like I'm one of the people that sort of really says like, how can we help this person? And at times the help has been like, literally there, there were, you know, some people at, at different points, like you need financial counseling. You need to get on a budget. You need to like maintain So like you need to start tracking what you're spending, watch what you're spending. And like, let's like, we can do this together, but like, ultimately you have to be the one to sort of walk through this. Like you have to be the one, like, again, we'll help you. Um, but 
you have to, you as an individual are accountable, are responsible for this, and you need to make these decisions for you. Um, and I, I, and again, like, I think there has been this, like, I've, I started listening to you in particular at, when you were still with kind of funny. And then you launched the joke that outraged Twitter, which like, come on, dude, like that was the, the, the most dad level joke ever. Um, but it's Twitter and it's not real, real life. And so they, they just kind of, you know, everybody loses their minds. Um, but like, yes, I, I was just, that's, that's the one thing is like when I, when I kind of saw that, yeah, anyways, we, we don't have to go, but I, I was just like, here's a, I think the, the problem was you've always been a guy who sort of advocates for individual accountability and responsibility. And frankly, I think that sort of runs in the face of a lot of the cultural narrative where it's like, and I'm not trying to, to sort of like go into politics or wokeness too much or any of that, but there's a whole lot of like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You're just a victim. The system's set up against you. And it's like, well, yeah, some of that is at play. Like there, there are institutions here that are working against people, but at the same time, like you don't have to submit to that. Like if you, it's like you said, if you live in an area where you're just never going to catch a break, go somewhere else, leave, like uproot, like get a new start. Like, you know, or sometimes like if you're making, yeah, anyways, no, but yeah, I just, I have always appreciated sort of like, and again, this sort of like low key sort of like, Hey, even sort of looking at your audience and saying like, you know, when you talk about some of the decisions that these gaming companies make, like with microtransactions, you're looking at them saying like, people don't buy them. You don't like them. Don't buy them. You don't like this. Don't buy the game. You know, you're looking at the person saying you like you are voluntarily opting into some of this stuff and then turning around and complaining because these things exist. If you don't do that, you know, yes, there are whales out there and stuff like that. And like, these companies are obviously going to find like ways to extract money from, you know, they're, they're going to find ways to part fools from their money. Right. Cause that's, that's what a lot of these companies are built on. And some of it's very predatory, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, as long like there's, I, I, I just have, and I, I've said this several times, but I just always appreciate how like you really do sort of look back at the the listener and you look at the audience, you look at the consumer and say, you have agency here. You have an option. You are not, you don't have to be enslaved to this system, you know? And yeah, you don't, you don't, you have, it's important, I think, to hold up a mirror to people. Some of the most in, in, important feedback I've ever gotten in my life was someone just, or per, people just holding up a mirror to myself and being like, well, what, what is it about you? that got mm -hmm. you into this situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, what is it about you that can control, you know, the emotional, you know, the emotional baggage you carry or any of the other things that evoke all these bad feelings and so on and so forth. And I think that that just goes for everything. If the gaming industry operated the way I operate, our game industry would be very healthy indeed because I buy three or four or five full price games every month. You know, I, I from AAA to indie, and I play those games very deeply. If everyone played games like that, I think I would find an industry that was just like to my liking. And I understand that that's not possible yet. I also don't think people realize that it's their own choices. Um, and I'm happy to like hold a mirror up and be like, "Well, um, you refuse to buy this game at full price. Why would you expect the next game at full price? You." Mm -hmm. insist that game pass is the best value in gaming so don't be surprised when no one wants to buy anything anymore you thought that you know microtransactions wouldn't be harmful so now everyone went race to the bottom now there's going to be ads in our games and all these kinds of things and it's like well hold a fucking mirror up to yourself if you don't like 
the actions of EA don't buy their games every year. If yeah. you don't like the actions of Activision, don't you should be totally against them getting bailed out by Microsoft. Um, if you uh, care about what's going on in Palestine and Israel, then you should definitely care what the Saudis are doing to the Yemenis. You should definitely care what's going on in Northwest China. You should definitely care what's going on in Taiwan and Hong Kong. So don't fucking talk to me about all these different things without looking in the mirror first and realizing what your own uh, issues are uh, and how you might participate in these things. And that's why I say, see, the beauty of being consistent and small government minded and individual minded is saying like, I never have to justify anything. I mean, that's it's kind of easy when people are like, well, I say over and over again, you can't live a moral economic life. You can't. No. You just have to make certain choices. Like, we mm -hmm. don't have to deal with SNK. We can hold Tencent to the fire. I reached out to Tencent for comment a couple of weeks ago. I didn't expect to hear back and haven't, but like, but we can't live pure moral economic lives. But understand that it's all of our collective choices that mean that bring us to every situation. It's the same reason I have a, I look like I'm fucking pregnant is because I eat too much. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's nothing else to it. Yeah. I work out every day and all of that, but I still, when I went to the doctor's office and they told me I was 190 pounds, which is probably 10 pounds heavier than I thought I was. Now I've gained some muscle and all that too, but after dealing with it and r understanding how it can't possibly be, then I, I, you know, Micah and I sat there and I was like, it's all the fucking bread I'm eating because you make yeah. bread all the time. You know, and it's like I mean, it's my own choice. I put it in my mouth and mm -hmm. down my own gullet. No one did it to me. I'm not going to blame my age or my metabolism or any of that kind of stuff. And that's mm -hmm. kind of always been my mentality. It's the same thing with finance. It's the same thing with everything. Like it's it's your own your own problem. You're even seeing that with the Roe versus Wade debate right now in some way, which I think is interesting. Not about abortion itself, which is its own thing, the constitutional issues, but about the idea of family planning and being there for families and people with kids and this more populist mm. message which is interesting but it does bring up the point of like where does my responsibility for your kids begin right yeah. where does my responsibility for your decisions begin and all of that kind of stuff and we have to live our lives individually like that at the very least so i'm happy to like foster a community that's down with that and i think that yeah people that have a more collectivist mindset are not going to be interested in in maybe they'll like our content but they're not going to be interested in what i you know what i uh put out there in the world as far as my own political views and i'm also not one of those people that says that politics and games don't belong together they are intimately intertwined economically artistically socially they just don't like the way i inject politics into some of the things that i <laughs> and, and, yeah well and that's that's sort of like the interesting there's so many things there that i kind of want to like you know i do sort of want to talk about like the no clean hands nobody has clean hands here like we are all sort no of way. culpable like and there's and, no and, way dude like just having this iPhone yep. is, is a series of f***ed up issues at yeah. play. Yeah. From the American worker losing their ability to make this phone to the Chinese slaves that, that got the lithium out of the ground, you know? So yeah. not that's not even talking about the people at Foxconn that like has nets around the dormitories where because they're they're committing suicide right. to such a dread. Like, you know, right. it's we are all the problem. There's no doubt. Yeah. So. I, and, 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 but yeah, there's so much there because like, yeah, there's the whole issue with the Saudis. There's the whole issue with Tencent and Tencent being so high, highly tied to the CCP. But it's like, I think that that sort of, and, and again, this is something that I appreciate about your coverage, but like you sort of really do push up against like the sort of like the virtuous consumer thing. It's like, no, we all have dirty hands. You just have to be a consumer of conviction. And if you don't like what, what communist China is doing, like, Make sure that you're not supporting Tencent in any way, shape, or form.
you know, like if you don't like the way that the, the Saudis, you know, are treating, oh, I can't, uh, the, Ye- the Yemenis, the, yeah. The Yemeni, yeah. If you don't like mm-hmm. that, I'm not as big on like global news. I, I actually, it makes me crazy. I, I pay attention to like once a it's week okay. and then I dip out. Unfortunately, um, what's happening in Yemen is way more drastic than what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah. You know, so oh, as far wow. as body count and all that, and it's been going on way longer, not to say that what's going on in Ukraine is okay. It's of course not, but it just goes to show you to, you know, I believe in the current thing mentality as opposed to, you know, true death and true destruction. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but man, man, it's so easy to get sidetracked on this because yeah, it's sorry. all, it's all, no, it's, it's just, it's all so very interesting in a lot of ways. And it's like, you know, you, you touch on the, the Roe versus Wade thing and, but, and just how, I mean, for us, we're, we're more like, you know, we are very firmly in the pro-life um, sort of camp, but a lot of it, the the thing that I found sort of interesting and just touching on this briefly, right, is that a lot of people are saying, oh, you can't do this. You can't, it's going to outlaw this. And it's like, well, no, all it's going to do is push that back on the States and say, you guys need to do your job, you know? Uh, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but like the, the fact of the matter is Roe v. Wade was just kind of messy. Like even the Obergefell decision, it's messy because it's, you're you're implying these things are constitutional rights when really they should have been it should have been legislated like if you th- they should have if you want these things to happen they need to be amended there actually needs to be instead of forcing the supreme court to be part of the the legislative branch you know yeah i, I agree with that and i think um i'm pro- i consider myself pro choice but it's yeah. uh but i don't agree with roe versus wade either just because i think that First of all, I think Congress should just, you know, codify a law and this will be no problem at all and it'll be over and done with. They could have done this in the last 50 years. Um, and I believe more in like, you know, first trimester, you know, I'm, I'm, I really am fine with that. I think women have to have a way out and um, I think there obviously has to be exceptions for all sorts of different things. And it's just, but what I'm, what I find on distasteful about it is just a society that celebrates abortion is different than a society that legalizes it. You know, and um, I find the celebration of abortion to be fucking disgusting and ghastly in in a lot of different ways. It shouldn't be. I was telling my discord community like I was a party to one in my younger years. It is horrifying and sad Mm. and traumatic and trying and you never forget it. And every time I see one of those numbers go up. I think like, was that a person that was saved from a bad situation? Maybe was it a person that feels the way I do where you just never really forget about that and you made a, you know, the decision you made. It's like, I just think that they're like everything in society. I just think that we need to meet somewhere in a reasonable middle space. Um, and I don't want the Supreme Court legislating. And I think that you need to be able to yeah. separate Roe versus Wade from the right to choose as weird as that is, because like you can say like this, this decision from the early seventies doesn't really square with the constitution. And we all know that it just can't hold up to scrutiny, but can we figure out a way to ensure that maybe there's a middle ground people can meet at, and at least the people's representatives can make those choices for them as opposed to lifetime appointed judges. So I don't see the political ramifications of it being bad. It's not going to change in a state like Virginia where I live or California or New York or any of those places. It's going to change radically in a lot of other states. And I understand that that could be scary for people, but that's why I think that Congress needs to do the hard work of legislating. It's like legislate a six or eight or 10 week cutoff or something. Just do it. 
I don't, I think most people would be down with that. And maybe we would have a lot of pro-life people not for that. And a lot of pro-choice people being like, well, it's not far enough. But I think a lot of the middle people would be like, that solves our problem. And it's that not that it has anything to do with games. I would, but the point is, is that I would never bring that up on the show because the one thing that's important to me is, and I think we do it with maybe very rare exception is when politics and economics and all of that stuff meets and intersects with games. I want to make sure that we're talking about those intersections only because people do not tune in mm-hmm. to hear me pontificate mm-hmm. about Roe versus Wade. No. What they might yeah, yeah. hear me pontificate about, though, is like, you know, China and Saudi Arabia. We were the by far the first show to be talking about Saudi Arabia when SNK was getting eaten up by the MISC Foundation. And um, mm. so I want to make sure that when politics comes up, it's not my politics being injected into the show, which is a lot of video game coverage. What I want it to be is like <laughs> when politics comes up it makes sense so like we did an entire four and a half hour show after the roe versus wade leak in which it didn't come up once because it's irrelevant maybe if there's a game about roe versus wade or something we can talk about that but government but government issues like tariffs and trade and all of these kinds of things the war in ukraine has a lot to do with games with studios like uh, GSC game world and 4a although they've largely left and others that are working nearby it Polish studios like Flying Wild Hog and CD Projekt are affected. So that is relevant to us. China, what they do in what is it, Zhejiang province in Northwest China is fucked up. And that has a lot to do with our show because it's where a lot of raw materials come from. It's where, you know, games are changed for the Chinese market, knowing that these things are happening. But here's the point, as I was saying about economic you know, freedom and all of that is if you want to live an economically pure life, you can't play video games. And if that's important to you to like so important to you, which I appreciate, then you can't play games. That's it. It's over for you. Um, there's just no way you can play them. You can't interact with them. So if you're willing to like eat that little bit, then maybe you, once you're inside the belly of the beast, which we are, then we can start to like kind of stab it from the inside a little bit. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's like, you know, Saudi Arabia, China, I mean, these are, these are big problems. Our manufacturing, look what's happening with PS5 getting strangled on the market because they can't make enough of them. These are political issues. But Roe versus Wade, I mean, I have my own personal take from it. I was raised in a Catholic family. I think you can imagine how we might feel oh. uh, <laughs> as a family. But, it's, um, yeah. but it has nothing to do with anything. And if you're the most vehement pro-choice third trimester person, or you're like, a real pro-life like well you guys you know mm-hmm. everyone in between you're all welcome you know that's that's the whole point is like i don't <laughs> care for the for the sake of the show and frankly i don't care if you're yeah. pro-choice in real life like that the the choice issue is like 27th on my list probably of things i care about like it's like all right whatever you know at, at some point it's i care more that like i'm my f-ing 401k is dying than, <laughs> than that well anyway. gotcha i <sighs> I'm, man, there, there's, um, I, I kind of, uh, man, it's so many thoughts, so many rabbits. So many thoughts. To go down. It's like, and you know, sort of that got heavy and not, not in a bad way. It's, you know, this is actually sort of like, um, but I did want to talk about, so we talked about like the, the whole like politics. Let's talk about the fact that like, yeah, and you mentioned that like video games, kind of like you touched on the video games that start, but like they are inherently, there is sort of a political bend to some of the stuff. Art and politics have always been sort of tied. There's always sort of a, and 
I, I guess I sort of like, I, and again, it's, it's sort of, I don't want to sound like just like, you know, call, crazy column fanboy. Right. But I do appreciate the fact that like, you sort of have a very nuanced, or maybe nuance is the wrong word, but like when it comes to like sort of art and politics and gaming, like you, you kind of let it be what it is. You, you recognize that like something like, and again, you're per, one of your, like, your your sort I wouldn't even say favorite, but like what you believe might be one of the greatest games of all time, like you know the Last of Us Parts One and Two. You know, these are games that there there's probably some political bends in there. I haven't played Part Two yet. Um, I'll get to it eventually. You know, it's but it's like they're very cinematic. They're very artistically oriented. You know, not just in sort of like the level of production, which is there. Obviously, I mean, like Naughty Dog makes some of the most technically sort of astounding games ever but also just sort of in the 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 crafting of the narrative and it's it's one of those things and again it's sort of a, a situation where i respect the fact that like you sort of let these things be what it is and you talked about not injecting your politics and your take and it's 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 at such like loggerheads or odds with just sort of like the contemporary sort of bend to sort of find almost any way to inject like a personal take or some sort of virtue signaling into your platform. And you just sort of like, you speak your mind, but then you let it be what it is. And I, I, you know, I wanted to, so pick your brains on this sort of art and games conversation. Where, where do you stand with all of that? Like, I mean, if, if you, like, if somebody said like, you know, cause personally we look at it and we say like, Hey, you know, sometimes video games can be art. Sometimes it's just like, this is just a big, dumb action movie. You know, sometimes it's like, it's, they don't, there are definitely moments where they sort of veer into that. Um, but I mean, how important do you think that is to the conversation? Or is it just sort of like something where like, cause frankly, the way I look at it is like, we sort of just like, you make the case and then you move on. You don't sort of sit there and grandstand or anything like that. But yeah, I, I the games is art thing, which really started with what Ebert and all yeah, that, that, that was like the, that was the big swing yeah and you know rip's great movie critic oh absolutely but, yeah. um i don't really think it matters first of all i think it's not even a question of course games are art i mean they're literally art on a screen so i don't know how <laughs> it can't be art i think the bigger question is like is playing can playing a game be a sport is it does it interact do you interact with it as a how do you interact with it and all of that? I, I, I look at the medium itself as just mm -hmm. a series of pieces of art. The programming itself could be an art and the engine could be a palette. You know, the, the art itself and the animations, the writing, all of the rest. So for me, that's just manifestly true. The, the bigger question, like I said, is does it matter? And like, no, it really doesn't matter. If people want to insult video games, there are just a lot of people that don't understand games and don't understand the potential of them. They still see Miss Pac-Man, which is a, an amazing game or like my uncle Mike, he always sees Frogger and all this. And I'm like, that's cool, but it's, you're not, you don't get it. And that's fine. I think people just belie this, this under, this lack of understanding when they talk about games like that. And what I love about covering games and making them as well is mm. the woke have the right to be woke. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what a lot of people have, like, don't remember is like, we can make fun of the woke which we sometimes do, but they have the right to have woke literature and woke fiction and woke games and inject all of the shit that they want that their powers that be that oversee them and their games will tolerate. And I'm playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland now, which is really fun, but it's 
it you can tell it's injected with this garbage writing yeah. right mm-hmm. and it sucks because it's a very cute and whimsical game and a fun game but the reason that the last of us it like all the social things that people make fun of especially with the second game with abby and lev and all these characters is um if you only played the first last of us here's how important ellie's lesbianism is to the character if you only played the first game you wouldn't know yeah that's how important it was the game that you all fell in love with ellie over you wouldn't know because it didn't come up because neil Druckmann isn't woke and he wrote thing i know because he's a personal friend of mine but also because he wrote it thoughtfully right when everyone and i'm I'm sorry i I mean do you know who abby is in the new game i do okay so everyone assumed abby was trans she's not because there was there was a leak that there was a trans character but she's not the trans character and you saw the trans character in the first trailer in the first 10 seconds. And it was so important to that character in quotes that no one knew that that was the trans character. And that's the difference between putting your politics and, and, all, and making a well-fleshed out and thoughtful, societally real world and then injecting politics into things ham-fistedly. And that's why I think The Last of Us is excellent because, yeah, there's a trans character and they're lesbians and but <laughs> they tricked you over and over again. You didn't even realize it was important. You didn't know how it was important. In fact, if you didn't play Left Behind and went right into The Last of Us Part Two, it would only be implied. You know? Mm. Like, you would still never really know. I mean, you would assume, obviously. So that's my point is, like, you can ham-fist your politics in the games, and they exist. You can do it really thoughtfully like Bioshock. You can make a game like Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite that take things that I believe, like you know, Ayn Randish type stuff and show you how evil it can be. And you can make that one of my favorite games. That's how Mm -hmm. political and artistic and societally relevant games can be. And that's why it's it's so funny when people are like, he doesn't understand Bioshock if he loves it. It's making fun of libertarianism. And I'm like, no, it's because I realize that things that are good could also be bad. And sometimes the shit that hits closest to home is the most effective. That's why I also love the end of America as another one of my favorite fictional themes and devices it's what our you know one of our new games is going to be about and mm. I'm, I'm like mm. so because it hits close to home i like yeah. that but maybe it's because i'm secure in what i believe i'm sorry go ahead. oh i was just going to say it sounds like what you're saying is that poor writing is poor writing and right, good writing exactly. is good writing exactly because <laughs> people say like look at this social justice warrior ellie's a lesbian and i'm like but you didn't know that until left mm-hmm. behind you're like, well, like look at this transgender character but look how cool that that asian kid with the bow and arrow is it's like oh you mean the transgender asian kid with the bow and arrow mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i there's so and i think like it, you're almost saying like and, and i think to a certain extent we would say like some of these things like the things that people want to sort of like like inflate and make sort of the 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 big deal aren't necessarily the big deal. I would say like the the thing that's so great about like The Last of Us Part One, right, is the the entire theme and like that ending is just it's a it's and I think even sort of it, that the fact that it makes you you are the agent of that destruction, like you, you know, to not get into spoilery territory, but like you are culpable, like again, sort of pressing into the agency. And it's the themes and the narratives and the ideas behind it, almost sort of like the, the, there's there's a way to sort of have these games be transcendent. Like one of my favorite games of all time is, and I know that you don't have a 
a ton, you don't feel this way about the game, but Shadow of the Colossus with it's just, it's sort of, it's minimalist storytelling and just, and I know that some of that comes out of necessity, but it, it's, it's one of these things where I think that it's just, it's an amazing game. Sort of, it, it sort of speaks to me and just like the sort of the barrenness and the openness and the void and that it just, I get it. I, I don't, my brother loves that game. Chris loves that game. A lot of yeah. people close to me love it. I, I don't, we actually did knockback on it back in 2020. Yeah. So I played the remake. Um, I really like it. I just can't play it. No, it's, you know, like that's, that was my whole thing is like, I just, I beat it, but I just had, I really struggled with it. So it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to like it. It's yeah. a little, uh, frankly, I wish they would have done something a little bit more with the, the controls just uh yeah. But, yeah, and it's also, it. yeah, it's just a weird game. It's kind of inaccessible in a lot of ways. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, the- I've, oh, sorry. I was going to say like, we've, we've talked about kind of the, the place of um, agency of, of, of personal agency, as well as um, video games and what we enjoy about them. I think one of the coolest things to me about even just the idea of recreation, the idea of hobbies is as Christians, like I believe that that was something that's, that's like given to us. Like we don't have to enjoy things that are fun. I think we were created that way, which is pretty cool. I think that says something about the creator who made us that we can enjoy. Like we're not just utilitarian all the time. Like obviously we were created to work, but there's also this portion that's just fun. Um, And that's, again, one of the themes that we have for our podcast is talking about how those two interact with each other because we should work but we should also play work well and play well. Definitely. Um, so anyways, my question is just kind of what, with what we've talked about with even talking about art in video games, what is it about video games that, that, that gets to you? Do, have you, have you identified because we have talked about also there are games that are really just kind of gamey. Like you were talking about the Pac-Man, the, the Frogger, that's just like pure, like arcadey kind of game-ness. Um, what is it, Colin, that sticks out to you about video games in particular that you've kind of been able to to continually, like you said, for years and years and years, even making these deep dives into video games, starting off there, and now like that is your livelihood as well. What is it about video games that you love? I think it's um, it's a great question. It's one I it's like a philosophical one that I've pondered a great deal, and I think I've identified mm-hmm. it in recent years as it is a parallel art form in my mind to filmmaking you know more modern tv shows certainly Mm -hmm. music and other things where it's a form of entertainment with and within that entertainment are subgenres and types of things to absorb and so when i think about books right like a book like the road it which is one of my favorite books by by cormac mccarthy dude i just read that last year and it broke me oh my gosh fantastic yeah wonderful no it's a wonderful (laughs) book and it's a i i read it all the way through the first time i i um picked it up and wow it's a it's an absorb you you get absorbed in it and it's only i mean when you really think about it, it's a pretty short book there are no chapters it's just like kind of stream of consciousness and um it just goes and then it ends and Mm -hmm. It reminded me of like a really good six or eight hour game. And then you come to mm-hmm. something like Atlas Shrug, which is like one of my favorite books. That is that's like an open world role playing game that's gonna take you a hundred hours to to get through, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, Babysitter's Club. That's like, you know, 
one hour game or this bite-sized game. But the thing is, is like when my, I have older sisters and like, I would be like, what is this babysitter's club? And then I would like sit on the bed and like read like two of them, you know, like, <laughs> like back to back and like be like, okay, like that's like maybe like Frogger or Pac-Man or Gallagher or something like that. Like these, you know, or like Tom, you know, the Hardy boys and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. what I love about games is that you can go for them for all sorts of different experiences. And one of the different things that, I, that I've been really wrapping my mind around and that I brought up in episode 200 about the last of us part two in particular is that what I like about games is that they don't have to be fun. Mm. And I know that that sounds weird to people, but I don't play mm -hmm. games to have fun. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I like want to turn my mind off and play like a collectathon or listen to like what I always call as a podcast game or something. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where I want to like put on a headset and just listen to the story and play it very thoughtfully and do all those kinds of things. And the beauty is, is that, all of that exists in the finest form in, in whether you want to play the slickest 2D or 3D platformer, whether you want to play the the most the deepest Metroidvania or the most beautiful pixel art action game, or you want to play a 3D shooter or a really story immersive walking simulator, or whatever, it's all there. And some of them are fun, but some of them are experiences. When I sit down to watch Game of Thrones, which I'm doing now for like the third time for knockback, I'm not trying to have fun. And I, I sometimes when people like recoil and they're like, what do you mean you don't want games to be fun? I'm like, when you go and watch, um, you know, some horror film, well, maybe horror is not a great example, but when you go and watch uh, some drama, Kramer versus Kramer came up recently, the 70, the late 70s movie about divorce, which is like the most horrifying movie ever. It's so sad. Mm. And I'm like, that that's not fun. It won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1978, but I don't think anyone would describe it as fun. Yeah. And yeah. and that's the way I, that's the way I feel about the Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it's like the Last of Us Part 2 isn't fun. I don't know why you'd find this fun. What's fun about it for us or what's entertaining and we 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 kind of we have misnomers. It's engagement. Mm -hmm. It's like you were talking about play and I think that's really smart. Like mm -hmm. higher level of consciousness beings play. My dogs, I have two Boston Terriers. They love to play. Right. Mm -hmm. We love to play the, the, the idea that we're even able to play is amazing. Right. Just from like yeah. the manorial serfdom and all this rigor of being oh, that yeah, we yeah, went yeah. through for many thousands of years to the point where like people just started to be able to read because it's like, oh, maybe these people cannot work and they can <laughs> read. Right. And like that's even an amazing thing. And so from that perspective, it's, it's awesome. But from the perspective of experience i think that's what's that's what separates us that's what separates fun from experience dogs can't have experiences you know like they they have fun they like their toys or they like their treat or they do things because they know they're gonna get rewarded and they have routines and all of that but they can't get above that we can and that's like what the exploration of fiction is all about to me and yeah. why i love people are like well, man you'll love this dark dreary shit. i'm like hell yeah i do Mm -hmm. You know, it's awesome. I'd much rather be in this space than in these other spaces. And the point is that we have a choice. So I think that that's what's most attractive about games is not only do we have these choices, but there's high level choices like it, 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 in terms of quality and content everywhere you look, even at the shit I don't like, right? Like mm -hmm. that other people like there's no denying that there are great free to play games and great royal battle royales and all these things. It's awesome. Like it's a great time to be a player of games, but it's also a great time to be a, a fan of anything. Because there's just so much of it.
Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago, we, the both of us played um, Silent Hill 2. And it's funny you mentioned this because neither of us thought it was a fun game at all. We actually didn't enjoy playing the game, but that game has stuck with me and, and with us because of the themes and the way that it portrays certain things was very engaging and in arresting in certain ways that uh that yeah really stuck with me even though it it was not fun i it was not even enjoyable at the time and i I, and i honestly think that that's that's what's fun about it all like journey was one of the most effective games i ever played in this Mm -hmm. regard where i don't know what that was i mean i have no idea what that was but that wasn't fun that wasn't anything but making emotionally breaking me in half for some reason Mm. it just did and i was like that's awesome this game made me so upset that i won't even play it again because i wanted to be that experience that i had and that i remembered yeah dude like that's that's dude if someone told me that about my game there i'm like did you have fun with my game or did it emotionally break you and they were like oh it emotionally broke me i think that's awesome Oh, that's so fun. I'm so glad that you didn't just have fun since if you wanted to have fun, just plug in your NES classic and have at it. Yeah. And there's, there's room for that, right? There's like, you know, Super Mario Brothers three is like a great time, fun game, right? We make those games. I have no problem with those games, but it's like, although we try to write them and and hide things in our games a little bit, but that we love the, we embrace that kind of game. But But, yeah, like you you won't find any argument for me there. No, but like, yeah, the, the fact that like, you know, you touched on, and and I know that we we sort of like uh, we we got to kind of wrap it up. But you touched on like things like Bioshock and like how I, I did want to come back to this too. I, I think what I think is really sort of interesting here is that you're not afraid to have your ideas poked at, right? So it's like you're a libertarian, right? And Josh and I are both pretty libertarian. I probably yeah, fall more- I should I should say by the way, I consider myself a conservative that has libertarian ideas. But yeah, I I have yes, a lot of people would call me one, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I fall more into like uh, probably what what would be categorized as like a classic liberal, where I'm not as far down the road as sort of libertarianism. But anyways, all that being said, that's not important. You talked about Bioshock, right? And it's sort of, yeah, it is this sort of perverse mirror of what an unchecked, unfiltered, purely selfish, like malicious libertarian, libertarian world or, you know, city could look like. And you're like, yeah, that could be a possibility, but that's also that that's, and it's in, and and again, it's almost that sort of the idea of like holding up the mirror and saying like, you know, yeah, there's potential here. And I think that, that sort of that robustness, that, that flexibility, that, that willing to sort of like, even like poke at your ideas and learn and be curious and sort of even sort of like having these other experiences, like that's, that, that to me is like, sort of like when, when I'm hearing you talk about it, it's like, no, this sort of feeds that curiosity. This gives me these other sort of realities and experiences I can step into and, and sort of flex on or be shaped by, or, you know, challenged by. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's cool to hear you sort of talk about these things. Um, Just, I don't know, man. It's, well, well, I don't want America to end. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fun to think, (laughs) no, but I'm saying, but it's fun to think about. Like, I don't want, I don't want something, I love Ayn Rand. I I don't want it to be bastardized, but bastardize it away. God knows I'm bastardizing other people's shit all the time. You don't mm-hmm. think that the way yeah. I, I talk about socialism sometimes is a bastardization of what socialism really like could be or is like, certainly like it's like, that's good stuff. And 
iron sharpens iron completely. I yeah. think the reason that I I like defending what I believe. Sometimes I'm wrong about things, but I think that I'm so eager to do it because I'm so and I'm good at it because I just have to do it all the time. And I think people are surprised mm-hmm. when they're like, "Yeah, you, like you like these different things." And I'm like, "Yes, I do like those different things." It doesn't mean, by the way, that I don't like Iron Rand too. And by the way, and it's I say this sometimes, and it has to be said, like a lot of people that are writing about games and playing games, they're stupid. Like they don't know what Bioshock's about. <laughs> like they don't have any idea what Bioshock's mm-hmm. about. They don't really know. Andrew Ryan, Iron Rand. Do you get it yet, guys? Yeah. Andrew Ryan, Ian Rand, you know, like and the same thing happened with Far Cry Five. As I went on, on and on about when people are like, look at this Trump. It, it was, where are the Trump signs and stuff? And I'm like, it's supposed to be David Koresh, you assholes. <laughs> Don't you see that? Because he has his huge navigators on, and 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 that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Where when people try to get cute from a development standpoint and try to deliver something deeper or a little more sophisticated, everyone's like, no, we can't, we can't have a a conservative takeover in Montana, you know? And it's like, but don't you understand that this man is supposed to be invoking this other person who they made him look just like, Oh no, you don't know that because (laughs) you're so quick to judge things and take the piss out of them without realizing what maybe they're trying to do. And sometimes things are going to be successful and sometimes they're not look at six days in Fallujah, dude. Like regardless of if that game's good or bad, regardless of if that game treats its subject matter respectfully in quotes, whatever that, that might be have at it i can't wait you know like it'll be interesting see what you can do yeah th- th- exactly like who are games are protected speech in the united states baby boys like we don't have to worry about these arguments anymore like <laughs> all of the the the, the murderers in the house because no one else is trying to kill games like the, the freedom of games and the expression of games no one in, it's all inside yeah. the jack thompson's are gone the government doesn't care at all mm. they they spoke out and the Supreme Court about the freedom of expression. The ESRB was created to avoid government interjection in the games industry. All the murderers are in the house. And I think that's the biggest, that's like the biggest thing to worry about now. The guy who helped design Gotham Knights was trying to get six days in Fallujah canceled. That happened, Mm. right? That's Mm. weird. And it wasn't um, Jack Thompson, you know, it wasn't Fox (laughs) News. So it was another developer. Right, exactly. At a triple A studio. Yeah. Well, and again, I know that we we only have you here like for another minute or so, but I know, uh, are you still a fan of bourbon? Uh, Yeah, I've stopped drinking mostly uh, just to try to moderate my weight a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, I do love Um, bourbon. I I, I too enjoy bourbon. Now I enjoy mine. I don't do them at the same time anymore, but I like cigars as well. Yeah, um, if you just like top three bourbons, like no price tag or anything, just what kind of what are what are your takes there? Noah's Mill is my favorite bourbon. I love that. Uh, that comes from Bard's. What's the what's the um, uh, the uh, distillery in Bardstown? Um, I can't remember it. They make mostly rye. I'll think about it in a second. They also make one called Rowan's Creek, which is probably my second favorite. And then my third, it would be something. I don't know. I want to go to something like in the well. Like I love Buffalo Trace for a well bourbon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Bullet used to be good. I feel like it's getting younger. A, a okay. Eagle Rare is kind of a middle bourbon that is really good. They stopped aging it. I think ten years. They Eagle, Eagle Rare is one of my go tos. Yeah. So. They conspicuously removed the ten from the label several years ago. I don't know if you noticed that because the, the bourbon's definitely getting mixed younger now. I think, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I stopped. I God, I love bourbon so much. I stopped drinking mostly <laughs> just because I was like, I got to make some choice to. Yeah, yeah. When I went to the one meal strict one meal a day diet and started working out every day, I was like, I got to. I have to. Yeah, I only eat once a day, but I eat like a shit ton. And, yeah, um, clearly because I I'm gaining weight, but uh, <laughs> I do like three <laughs> to five miles of cardio a day, and then I lift weights two out of three days, and then I eat nice at seven thirty every day. But um, okay. so yeah, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to like holistically get into, into managing all these various things, but anyway, I'm, I'm ranting. No, it's, it's just really interesting. It's there's, I've, like I said, I've been a fan of yours for years and um, it's, it's just sort of, if you ever, if you guys ever do another show in Butler and I can make it out, I'd love to just sit down for a minute and, you know, you know, sip a finger of, of bourbon or scotch with you at some point in time. But Sure. That'd be fun. I mean, the, there's that, um, a great bar that Ben's family owns that we actually congregated at after the show. It's like a speakeasy downstairs from the theater and they make awesome cocktails. And, um, we just put everything on the, like I paid the tab at the end and stuff. It was cool. It was like, it was just like some, you know, a few fans, most of us and our families and stuff like that it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll be back in Butler. We were going to do it every year. Um, like, a show where we do like a small show and then just an unlimited meet and greet. Cause we did a meet and greet where we stood in line for six hours meeting people um, yeah. the next day. Uh, but we're going to do that probably next year. I would assume. Um, yeah. We well, want to get out I'll, to the West coast for the next I'll, show. I'll keep an eye out for that. And Hey, if uh, Josh is from Austin, Texas. So if you ever make it down yeah. there, you know, yeah, I used to go there all the time for, um, uh, when I was at kind of funny cause we were with rooster teeth. Okay. Yeah. 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 Nice. Used to be there nice. pretty often. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. Cool. I please. think Nate has too. Absolute delight, man. Um, I, and just like, keep it up, man, dude. Like I just, I, I love your work. Like I, I think you're doing like good stuff out there, man. So just, thank you. you know, we're big fans we're, of your content and just, yeah. Keep your chin you. up, we'll man. Keep, yeah. We're, we're trying. I'm, I mean, you had spoken, we were speaking about, you were speaking earlier about, about doing a, like how you do a ministry for people in need. And mm -hmm. I think it's important for like everyone to do what they can mm -hmm. to like set good precedents and make things around you better. And the, the way I try to do that, I give money away silently, of course, but, um, is to try to treat my people well and pay my people well. Yeah. Oh, they're the closest to me. And so, um, as long as we're able to do that, on Patreon and all these other places, we'll continue to do the content. Like it's just, we have a, we have a saying, I, I keep saying to Dustin, no free labor. Hmm. Like everyone must be paid well for working with us. And as long as we can meet that bar, then we have a reason to exist. As long as the market wants us, um, we'll continue to make the content. So um, we appreciate everyone's support and uh, know that we're doing our very best to earn it. I, I, we yeah. don't coast at all. We've never missed an episode still of any of our shows. So, wow. Um, so we're proud of that and we appreciate everyone's support. If, Thank you. if it ever works out to maybe sort of do this again, I would absolutely love to talk to you about that because I just, and, and again, I know we're, we're sort of like wrapping up here, but I've always appreciated. And even listening to the debriefing, like one, you value your people, you value their time and like you surround yourself with people who pursue excellence. And those are all like really cool marks, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, like I said, I think I said it on the show, like I'm, I'm surrounded by total competence and yeah. that's, 
really awesome. And the idea for us, a lot of places say like, we want more and we'll do better. Like my whole thing is, is like, let's work as little as possible and make as much money as possible. Like the less you can do and the more streamlined you can make your job. I don't need you at a desk for 25 or 30 or 40 hours. As long as you do what you need to do, I don't care when you do it. Yeah. I don't care how you do it, but you're going to, if you do it, we will all do better together. We don't have to continue to sweat and bleed on a constant basis. Like we will all, I will dance with the ones that brought us like, all the way and they know it um yeah. and one of the things that i've said it before like we all work everyone in my company which is crazy they all have an option but they've all opted to work on verbal contracts you know like mm. everybody and to this day like we treat everyone with care they don't invoice me i pay them the first of the month like they get their bonuses they do all these things because they are the company mm. like Dude, would the company awesome. exist without me no would the company exist without them no <laughs> it's like yeah so you got it you have to do that man like and that's why i keep telling like workers out there like get your money now's the time do it you know yeah. like companies don't care about you like like just i i would say just get your money and do well for yourself i'm happy to be part of the of a contingent of, of business owners a growing contingent of business owners that realize that you must treat your people well i was reading a thing on wall street journal about how something like 10 or 15 percent of workers don't even show up to their mm. jobs. And I'm like, I think that says a lot about like to their first day of job. Like they don't even show up. They just ghost after they accept the job. And I'm like, that says something about you. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know that you want to, I don't know that you want to broadcast that your company <laughs> is so bad that one out of five people that accept the job don't even show up for it. Oh, so yeah. we, we, I, I don't want to ever have that reputation and we have an open door with that, with our, with our people. So I just brought that up just because as long as we can sustain that, we will continue to do it. And we are well within the range of sustenance. So, well, there, again, just thank you so much for your time. And man, it was an absolute pleasure, Colin. Uh, like I said, you guys love the work you're doing over there. You tell everybody, I, I mean, we're just two dudes from the internet, but uh, you know, we, we appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, you know. thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the so, kind words. All right, man. Well, like I said, you're a busy guy, uh, you know, and uh, we don't want to take up too much you well, we've already taken up a bunch of your time, but appreciate it, Colin. So, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Thank you again. So. Josh, that I don't know about you. I had a really great time talking to Colin. Um, no, I hated it. You're so full of it. Thanks. You're not gonna. You're not gonna ruin this for me, Broccolo. <laughs> you will not ruin this for me, right? Uh, no, had a good time talking with Colin, um, and just yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what was really cool about it. I mean, for me, and I, I think we we did talk about this a little bit, but like that, he he's just like he is who he is. Like he's he's mm -hmm. he's kind of, he's raw, he's unfiltered, and you just get like he's that. Like, and it was like it was a very cool conversation. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope he did. Yeah. 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 It seemed like he did. Even just the fact that he was willing to to jump on our little, our humble little podcast uh, was super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it shows character or uh, maybe he just had a real, like, didn't have anything to do with this week. That's probably closer to what it was. But, well, I mean, he did it. <laughs> I mean, this has sort of been in the works for a while. So, yeah. I mean, anyways, um, 
Also, like, and I have no idea if she'll listen to it, but Micah Watson, who is the Last Stand Media Coordinator, absolutely just shout out to you for just being an OG and helping helping us sort of get this all put together and yeah, yeah. making the connections. Really, really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, yes. um, very cool. Like, it's very, very cool. Um, but. This goes down into the history books. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a very cool moment for us. Uh, so yeah. just, uh, yeah. Um, that, all that being said, man, I think it's time to just sort of button it up. So yeah, that's true. Like, here we go. Like, here, uh, here like, we go. Like a, I don't know, like a shirt that you you're. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. You said you're, you're I, trying I real hard. Like, dude, that. I think you you've it's sort of working. dadded out. Like you, you, you're just, you've over dadded at this point in time. You've OD'd all literally, my, literally all, all your dadness it's, is done. It's, it's, it's a done. It's, it's true. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, but if you have anything to add, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we, we, we'll have links in the discord, in the discord, in the, um, in the description of the episode of ways that you can reach out to Colin. I'm sure there, there's tons of what, you know, everything that he puts out, um, through last stand media and things like that. Um, he should be pretty, uh, easy to get a hold of. He even talked about how he replies to messages. So that's pretty freaking sweet. Um, but uh, if you had other stuff that you wanted to talk to us about, maybe you didn't like our interaction and maybe you thought we should have you know, said some other stuff while he was on here, feel free to reach out to us. There's plenty of ways that you can do that. Our email address is thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We've got a Discord. The link for that is in the description of this episode. Our group on Facebook is the hashtag Backlog Book Club. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDowncast. We have not yet gotten kicked off Twitter. And... Uh, Looks like uh, not very many people. It, it, it looks like we won't get kicked off Twitter anytime soon. The way things are going, it's kind of it's kind of oh, crazy. Oh, uh, oh boy, rolling on that solar power. It's weird. Uh, anyways, uh, if you, if you want to reach out personally, uh, I generally go by Broccolope on the internet, and Nate goes by uh, Nate underscore McKeever, or just Nate underscore McKeever. There yeah. you go. Usually, there might not be an at. There might not be an at. For Twitter, it's an at. For almost everything else, it's uh -huh. not an at. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. We've we've kind of we did we did the thing tonight, man. We, we did we or, we did we called him, and we had a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. It was hopefully had by all. But uh, yeah. All that being said, Josh. We we did it. We did our thing. And uh, what should the listeners do in the meantime? Guys, keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down those benefits. That's accurate. Accurate.